have two very special guests today. Our friends, Heather and Christy from Sinisterhood. 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 Sinister. Don't do that with your voice. I think I just like fogged up my glasses a little bit <laughs> doing that. Yeah. Ooh. If you can't tell, we have a a sweet, lovely little... Guys, it was angel. me. I'm sorry <laughs> that I delete the tour. I'm going to start crying again. I've already cried so much. I just feel so bad. It's not your fault. I know, but I haven't been sick in like three and a half years. And then I woke up Wednesday morning and I pooped myself. <laughs> I know you told me that and I was like so sad for you. But then I was also like, I'm not alone. I've never pooped myself before. And it was so surprising. And it wasn't like I pooped myself like I was laying eggs. Like there was nothing solid about it. It was shocking. Yeah. That's usually when people poop themselves. It's not solid. <sighs> Oh, Corinne. Sorry. <laughs> well, I will also say we we were a little bit ambitious and we were like, oh, we'll have so much downtime to record encounters when we're together. We have no downtime. <laughs> Had zero downtime. And when we did, we're like, we need to nap because we woke up at 3 a.m. to catch the 6 a.m. flight to get to the next city. So we're doing them all now. Yes, we're doing them all now. And we also want to say to all of you, thank you for being supportive and understanding. Obviously, Corinne and I's health is priority. And then also, priority is taking care of you guys too. Like if we came on tour and we were sick and just like hanging out with all of you, that's not cool. Yeah, I'm not trying to be a massively spreading. Yeah, no, thank you. Not sending everyone out home with poopy pants. (laughs) No. Although we can all be in it together and I would kind of enjoy that. Not the sickness, just everyone pooping their pants together. Uh, Do you want to introduce us? This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne and I'm Sabrina. And like we said in the beginning of this, this is an Encounters episode and we have very special guests, Heather and Christy from Sinisterhood, who came to share their spooky ghost stories with us. And if you have a chance, this spooky season, there's so many incredible podcasts and we totally encourage you to get your spooky fix by listening to our spooky friends. So enjoy the stories from them. And then we have a couple encounters from you, spooky booches. Oh, yeah. You have a podcast called Sinisterhood, and yet what haunts you yeah, most is honestly, making a friendship bracelet <laughs> honestly, for a Taylor Swift concert. Deal with a ghost than deal bracelet. with having to do arts and crafts. I'm just not an arts and crafts person. <laughs> I like it's all set up before me. I like it, but I don't like having to prep stuff before I do it. Is why I don't like cooking. I don't yeah. I just want everything laid out, and then I come in and do the fun part, which is what we all probably want, but we don't get. Yeah. Not here for the process, just here for the result. Well, okay. What a wonderful transition. We would love, we're so excited to have both you, Christy, and Heather on our show to share your own personal ghost stories. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. So what have you encountered? My ghost story starts way back in 2005 when I was in high school. My very first high school boyfriend and I had kind of a glow up in between 10th and 11th or 11th and 12th grade. And so I was like, got my first boyfriend like towards the beginning of senior year. What was his name? Um, his name was Chris. How'd you Chris. Um, so we met at the only Starbucks in our hometown of Mesquite. It was 2005. So 
Starbucks was spreading across the country. What a time to be alive. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Very hot. Especially in high school. That's like a clutch high school, like you've peaked moment. A Frappuccino. Mm. Yes, I I was going to say. Caramel walking around campus with your Starbies. You feel so bad for all the baristas, though, because all they ever made was star- was frappuccinos constantly. <laughs> that whole place was like, <laughs> it sounded like a Jamba Juice. It was constant blenders. That's still my mom's Starbucks order. She still gets them. <laughs> They're oh, good. Vanilla bean. A good yeah. old vanilla bean at the so hot good. of the summer, though, is not mm. bad. It's the whipped cream it's like on top. Shake. There's something There's something in it. So the scene is set. There's romance in the air. It like gets on your ass. So the scene is set of romance. So it's I always went to one school. He went to another school, but we had mutual friends from theater because we were really cool. Hey, I was theater too, so we're all cool. Oh, same. But you're in good company here. Theater kids unite. So he was the, but he was the band kid that was just rolling with the theater kids because of fine arts, I guess. I don't know. So it was tangential, but we met and exchanged phone numbers. I have my Nokia candy bar phone with like where you had to text with the one, two, three. It's like oh, the T9. ABC was one. Yeah. All that. The, yes. T9. So I was at school the next day and I got a text that said, will you be my GF question mark Y slash in after what meeting him once? Well, we talked for a while. I guess we might have chatted on AOL but I I mean we and we had mutual friends and I don't know yeah I will say that's better than my first my first boyfriend asked me by having his friend come up to me and ask if I was Italian I'd never talked to him his name is Guido um his friend came up to me and said are you Italian I said yes and he's like okay cool do you want to be Guido's girlfriend and I said yes he's a broker wow they seem to cut out the middleman but in this like case a, a Guido and you wouldn't have hooked up had it not been for him I think we're still dating to be honest because we never talked we never broke up you should have told the the middle guy that you were done and if you didn't tell him then Guido. yeah you're married legally yeah oh man you're right shoot longest relationship of your life congrats though I hope you're many many happy more years uh well i i took the risk of getting in trouble with my mom and put yes not because she didn't want me to date but because it cost 10 cents to send a text message and i was about to hear about it when i got home that like she got her bill and i sent a text but i was like i was trying to get a boyfriend and i still remember walking in going hey mom and dad today i got a boyfriend and they were like that's (laughs) nice i got a boyfriend Well, today was the day in um, senior reading class. Well, I started hanging out at his house a lot. He had a sister who was in her teens. She was, uh, you know, we were 18. She was maybe 14 or 15. She and I got along really well. Their little brother was like eight or 10. My boyfriend and the little brother shared a room. And then the sister had an adjacent room next door. And his mom was pretty cool. And I was allowed to sleep over on the weekends. No funny business. Cause we were essentially like a babysitter for, cause the both parents worked and they had certain jobs where they weren't just nine to fivers. They were managers of different retail and automotive kind of situations. So they, you know, they were in and out on the weekends, but having an eight, two 18 year olds and a 15 year old to take care of the nine or 10 year old was reasonable. So they had one rule in this house was that you can't leave the bedroom after 3am full stop. <laughs> Kind of love. I love where this is going. The two 18 year olds in the house could fuck all they wanted. But if you left that room after 3 a.m., it didn't matter. That wasn't the rule. The only rule was don't leave the room after 3 a.m. That wasn't the rule. Yeah, honestly, too. One time she was like, you can shower. You guys, I don't know. There was something about we were allowed to, there's some loose parenting in our entire uh, high school. Everybody was kind of like, you, your kids, you can figure it out. Retrospect, maybe not. Um, well, anyways, it was the no 3 a.m. rule. Do not leave after 3 a.m. Do not leave after 3 a.m. So how was it presented to you? In a too casual in retrospect way. Like, 
Hey, welcome to the house. It's great. If you need any more toilet paper, it's in the cabinet overhead. Uh, we'll probably have breakfast in the morning around 9 a.m. Uh, don't leave at all after 3 a.m. You can't cross the threshold of any of the bedrooms into the hallway. And we were like, what? I was like, what? By we, I mean me. I was like, what? And he, my boyfriend said, yeah, that's like my parents' rules. Like, we just know you just have to like 245. If you have to go to the bathroom, you just like need to go, period. You like cannot leave. And they didn't say or else. So I should have asked. I should have said what happens. I mean, at that point, it's so shocking that like you don't have time to think or ask follow up questions. Yeah. I'm thinking like dad's a werewolf. He's chained into the closet trying to escape. <laughs> Mom's like yeah. taking her skin suit off and slithering down the hallway. Like, ugh. right. She's like, we have um, a huge uh, satanic ritual here with <laughs> candles. No, she was just like, I thought they just did, had to work early and they just wanted us to shut the fuck up. And that was like a good, like, just shut up, just shut up after three. Don't be slamming doors. Don't be making cookies. Cause that's how my family was. It was just like, dad's asleep. He's got to work. Shut up. But then the, you know, so that that happened a few nights, no big deal. And then one night I stayed over and I wasn't sleeping over every night. It'd be like a weekend here and there. And so a few months after we dated one of those weekends, I went to the bathroom at like 2.45, like super late. My boyfriend and his little brother were already asleep in their bunk beds. Oh, y'all got the bottom? <laughs> we were on the bottom bunk. The little brother's on top bunk. And um, yes, we got the bottom bunk. It was the wider bunk. And then sometimes they would want to play video games and we would have to like sleep on the ground. And so I don't know if I had like made a noise or what, but it ended up that we decided that everybody that night was just going to sleep in a pallet on the ground because my, uh, in retrospect, high school boyfriend was an asshole. He was like, <laughs> Heather, you sleep closest to the door. <laughs> what a gentleman. Yeah. So he put me closest to the door. Well, I was, I guess I was supposed to close it. Everybody fell asleep and I didn't close the door and think about it. And that's when I fell asleep. And then I, and I was like spooning him facing with my back to the the door leading to the hallway. So at some point in the night, I shift. And you were, you were big spoon? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Quite literally, we're the only protection that these <laughs> sacrifice, baby. You had no idea. No. And so I turn over in the night and then that's when I look in the doorway and there's a man in the doorway. He's a little too tall to be my boyfriend's stepdad. So I was like, Randy? <laughs> Wasn't him? <laughs> no answer. One Randy. And because Randy wasn't like six foot tall, thin in a suit wearing a like a stovepipe Abraham Lincoln hat and like with facial hair, kind of like old timey 1800s. Like Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, it was more like a like the this is too often that I've been referencing Wild Wild West recently, but like the bad guy in Wild Wild West, that like kind of hmm, snidely kind of mustache where it, it's like a thinner mustache and a little pointy goatee kind of devilish and then had this top hat on. And I don't really remember seeing his eyes. I just remember seeing like the chin and mouth area and then this weird hat. And then I was looking at him and then he, it's like we're locked on each other and then it just turned and walked away slowly but it looked like he was walking the towards where the hallway would have ended which is where the sister was sleeping so i didn't think anything of it and was like that was weird i don't know i probably dreamt it whatever so we woke up in the morning and i sort of forgot about it but then at breakfast Somebody mentioned waking up in the middle of the night or oh you know i, I was tossing and turning or something and i said oh yeah this is going to sound weird, but I think I saw someone last night and it was the hustle and bustle and the breakfast sounds. And then everything stopped <laughs> and everyone was like, who did you see? Which one? I mean, who, who, who was it? And I was like, what do you mean? What? <laughs> and they were like, was it 
just just go go ahead what did you see and so i told him and then they all looked at each other and they're like grabbing each other's hand like like arms and they're like go get the picture go get to the daughter they said go get the photo she needs to see the picture go get the picture and i was like you could have shown me this sooner oh my gosh i have chills all over my body just i can't even (laughs) imagine what you felt well, I'm kind of a um, a bit of an open mouth ignorant at this point because I was like, I don't know what picture. What are we gonna look at? <laughs> she goes and gets a photo. She comes back. It's a Polaroid square picture, you know, the automatically processing ones, and it was of my boyfriend's best friend standing in the doorway with his kind of one of his arms leaning on the door frame, but over his opposite shoulder was an outline silhouette very similar to what I saw. It was like a oh, some sort of an error in the photo processing where it was like this green glob, but it was in this very flat across the top, like a stovepipe hat, two lines down, the makeout of a kind of a chin and a face and then shoulders over his friend's picture. And they were like, we've had some stuff happen in the house. I mean, they warned you not to go out after 3 a.m. Yeah. And then it turns out the stuff was just like a lot of haunting (laughs) and including this person that they apparently would wander up and down the hallways. They had, uh, which I later heard, and I don't know if it's because they planted it in my head or because I was like, oh, there's definitely ghosts here. The sound of a little kid playing like smaller than their youngest son, who was like I said, nine or 10. This was like Mm -hmm. a four or five year old giggling high pitch, like hee hee hee. And then a bounce of a ball when there was no ball. Like you could hear a duh, duh. This is terrifying. It's a horror movie. I mean, it's enough for me to break up with somebody. I'll be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll let you, I'll let you know how this ended at the end. But at the time I said, you know, what did you, what do you do about it? And they said, well, when the orbs were coming out of the closets, I'm sorry, when the what work, did you mean your closet in the main bedroom or like a different closet? Or they're like, no, the one that you sleep in front of. I was like, oh, that closet. The, the, <laughs> the door one you turned your shut. back to. Okay, cool, 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 cool. It's fine. And they're like, yeah, that's, we had the priest come and bless the rooms, but somehow, I don't know if like the rooms were blessed, but ghosts like doors. I don't know what it was, but for some reason they were just instructed that the rooms were like a safe haven and don't go into the hallway. And Anyways, your girl was desperate for love, so I went over there like a bunch more times. (laughs) So many more times. Well, I'm glad you did for the sake of this story uh, that you get to come share it with us. Yeah, and then later on he dumped me behind a dumpster, so it's fine. You know, what were you going to do? Marry somebody that has that's haunted. You can't deal with that forever. That's true. Hey, it was a relationship built on lies from the start because he withheld crucial information from you when asking you to be his girlfriend. So, okay, but to be clear, this family just like clearly was inundated with spirits for so long and so often that it just wasn't something you needed to explain because it was just their norm. They just sort of said it like, oh, that's, oh yeah, that's grandma. She lives in a tiny house behind the house. Like, obviously (laughs) it's just like, yeah, wait, what? It's just like, oh yeah, there's just a man. Their house is on an area of our hometown that is adjacent to some of the like, quote unquote, original homesteads of the town where I believe it was a couple of those farms and uh, farms and houses were knocked down to build his neighborhood. So it could be that. I don't know. Cause especially the 1800s, that's kind of like when the city started and the guy looked kind of old timey, but uh, don't buy a house on old haunted land, I guess. And if you do tell your freaking high school girlfriend. (laughs) 
you got to disclose it. It's like, you know, if you're a cop, you got to tell somebody, which isn't true. Don't believe that PSA. But if somebody's house is haunted, you got to tell them before they come over that your house is haunted. I mean, it reminds me a lot. Did you guys watch Haunting of Bly Manor? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like the kid, like I'm pretty sure the nanny is told, like, don't leave the room at this time. Yeah, that's right. They are. They are. They are all told that. And then... We all see what happens when you do. Yeah. Hard relate. So freaky. I'm just shocked that Chris and his younger brother were able to stay in that room and continue to sleep in that room, even though it clearly was a hot spot in addition to the hallway. Because I feel like I would have been like, we're all bunking up together. Like every kid with the parents were sleeping on air mattresses. I'm not sleeping in that in that room. Chris and his brother loved to play Halo into the wee hour. So I'm sure the parents were like, <laughs> well, it's you and Halo and the ghosts. So maybe we're the ghosts were gamers. <laughs> yeah, I guess they weren't too scared if they were consciously staying up that late. You say that, but you grew up in a house that was equally as haunted. That's right. And you slept in your own. Well, I guess you did sleep with your you bunked with your brother for a little bit. Well, no, I moved into my brother. We, we had to have bunk beds and also two twin mattresses because I also refused to sleep in my bedroom alone until I was 12. And it became really uncool in middle school to be like, <laughs> I sleep in the same, I sleep in my nine year old brother's room because your nine year old brother's like, um, Corinne, I need so some privacy. I'm sorry, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to look like a dork in fourth grade. He's like, things are changing. You gotta go. <laughs> kicked out. Wild. Wow. Heather, what, what a rich dating history you have and, and ghost stories. <laughs> What's he up to now? I think he's married and has a kid. Godspeed and God bless. And uh, I hope he, uh, he had a priest bless whatever rooms are in just in case. You never know. Do you know if his family still lives there? If I recall correctly, oh, uh, it wasn't recently, but it was maybe about five or 10 years ago. We maybe sent messages back and forth on Facebook or, or Instagram or something. And I mentioned, no, it wasn't that long ago because we had the show. And I think I said, hey, I tell that ghost story about your house <laughs> on the show. And I, if I'm not mistaken, it's either his sister or somebody in the family bought the house from his parents. So the whole family doesn't live there. But I think somebody they know stays there. And I was like, oh, maybe you should get that priest to come back. Yeah. Just a suggestion. Okay. When we're in town, can we all go? I'll show it to you. I'll drive you by. Yeah. Well, Heather's uh, house she grew up in that her mom still lives in. You saw something there, too. So you could definitely drive by that house. That was also my dad, like, would stay up super late. And then as later on, as I was a teenager, I would he would go to bed because he had to go to work. And I would stay up super late. And then I did start seeing, like, what felt like a residual running down the hallway at my parents' house. Just, like, looked like a residual person would run down there. And I didn't really know what to say. And one night, it was late. And I, I don't know if he was going to bed or I was going to bed and we were kind of both standing in the living room in the dark. The TV wasn't on and we were getting ready to leave. And he was like, do you ever, do you ever kind of see stuff in the hallway? And I was like, yes. And he was <laughs> like, and it, and it just kind of repeats. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and I, was like, I said, it looks like a, like a lady is running by. And I looked it up on the internet and I asked Jeeves and I think that it was, <laughs> I think it's a residual haunting. And then he was explaining how the people that live there that my parents bought the home from the 
husband of the family was fixing a car in the driveway alone out there and had it on a, um, you know, on a jack or whatever. And something happened with the jack. And I guess the tires were off of it so that the car injured, like pinned him, like crushed him. And his wife was in the house and either heard or was called out and, you know, ran out to try to help, help him, but he did not make it. And so in my mind that that's just, I just filled in the blank that, you know, if you felt that regret, you might continue to try to yeah, run and save him. That definitely sounds like intense emotion. Yeah. yeah it's sad. And t- so, but then my mom's like, it still lives there and is like, shut up. No, it's not. That's not real. <laughs> <doesn't have> <laughs> Has she ever said she's seen it? No, but she's also, if she did see it, she's like, get out of here. Ignorance is bliss. It's a, it's a little bit of like, exactly. Right. I'm not going to acknowledge it. Therefore it doesn't exist. Oh yeah. It's her blinders. She's got her blinders on. <laughs> yeah. Um, who would you say between the two of you is most haunted? Oh, I don't, I'm a skeptic. So I'm going to take myself out of the running. Yeah. I'll give that title to Heather. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Not only that, am I most haunted in that? Like, oh, I had these experiences, but I tend to like jump to like the most um, outrageous explanation for like a relatively normal thing happening, which <laughs> oh, is like, so good. Yeah. It's, well, it's so good that Christy and I are best friends. Cause then I can text her and she's like, <laughs> let's just go through some steps of logic first. <laughs> Very kindly, but like, let's not just announce to everyone that your car has been vandalized. Maybe the sun melted off the emblem on the back of it. We, we got a, we got a negative review the other day that was like, you should just change your name to two girls, one conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, that's a great spinoff show. Thank you, Hater, for a great idea. Uh, it is. <laughs> yeah. I would listen. <laughs> that's like people who've taken the Barbie movie reviews from that are like, the woke agenda is going to kill us all, but made it look like yeah. really cool. Uh, yeah. Tagline yeah. Movie. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, that ain't the flex, bro. That's like awesome. I would listen to that show. But yeah, I just assumed I was like the emblem of my car on the back of it melted off. But at the time I was like, someone's vandalized my car. I've been attacked. It's targeted to me. And then we went over, I went over to Christie's house and she and her husband were looking and we're like, this is just leftover glue. I think it's 110 degrees outside. It probably just melted off. But I was like, okay, well, I'll uh, let the police know the rescind my police report. <laughs> I will say though, in terms of it's, I wouldn't say haunting, but I have like very vivid nightmares pretty consistently. And I lucid dream a lot, um, in those nightmares. So I often feel like I'm visiting some kind of alternative horror realm that happens quite a bit, but. I, I, I say that I haven't seen stuff. I'll like catch things out of the corner of my eyes, but because I am a skeptic and just, uh, I'm a Capricorn, we're pragmatic. I'm like, oh, I was just a lighting or it was just a shadow. Like I r- never do I say that was a ghost. Like rarely do I jump to that conclusion except for the other night. <laughs> Well, kind of two times recently. So we moved into our new house in February, I think it was. So we haven't been here that that long. But one night, Heather and I were out on the, the back porch, as we are wont to do. And we were just hanging out and stuff. And I'd look over and I thought, in retrospect, it looked like a Fresno nightcrawler. But it wasn't. Because one, we don't even live in Fresno. Also two... I don't think it was, but I thought I saw, I just saw like a flash of like something white, like kind of peek out from behind the side of the house. And I did not tell Heather this, who was sitting right next to me. 
She found out later on a live stream and melted down, much like I did with those beads. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That is devastating. I'm so sorry for your loss, Heather. I'm not over it. I could have saw a nightcrawler or I could have thought I saw a nightcrawler, which is almost well, as good. Well, I looked, I looked back and yeah, it probably did see you, honestly. Thank I was looking you, at both of us. True. I, I looked seeing. back and there was nothing there. So if I looked back and saw something, I was going to tell her like that in my head is what I was saying. Like, I'm not, cause we're also both high. And I was like, I'm not going to freak her out right now and be like, I think I just saw something. But then I looked back and nothing was there. But then. It was either later that night or maybe the next night I was in the studio where I am now and our like built in bookshelves is where I have like all of my witchy stuff arranged books, crystals, all sorts of stuff. So, and it's right by a closet too. So I was like arranging some stuff like specific, like witchy stuff. And then I just, I hear in the closet right next to me and i was like that was weird and i'm not one to get freaked out by stuff like that so i but i it did give me pause and i opened the closet door and nothing had like fallen or anything and i was like what is going on so i ran and woke up my husband because i because i was afraid and then he got up and came in here and he was like no something probably just like fell over in the garage or something i was like okay yeah you're probably right. Well, then a few nights ago, I was cleaning up some colored pencils in the kitchen because we had been coloring. By we, I mean my daughter and I, not Heather and I, although we would spend an evening coloring. And <laughs> I, um, I mean, you made friendships. That's true. Yourself, yes. So. We'll color anything for Taylor Swift. <laughs> I love crafts. And I was cleaning up and I remember looking over and seeing this green pencil that didn't belong with the other pencils because it was a different shape. And I was like, that's weird. Okay. I'm going to have to put that one in a different bag. And then I looked back down and all of a sudden I was holding a blue pencil and the green pencil I had just been looking at was in the tray where I was putting all the other pencils. And I was like, what, how? And I just stood there like, uh, yeah, it. I mean, that honestly is kind of how it. I couldn't explain it. I was like, I don't feel like a ghost did this. It's like this weird, like glitching thing of. And again, I ran and got my husband, who was like, "What is it this time?" <laughs> he just puts down his Kindle and comes in there. He's like, "I don't." I and I told him, "I go. I don't even know how to explain this, but this just happened." And I was trying to say it out loud, and then as I was saying it, I was like. This sounds like I'm unhinged. So just forget I said anything, but I still think about it. And this house does have like a different energy than our last house did. I don't feel like it's Heather thinks it's oppressive. I don't think it's oppressive. I've never felt like a negativity only in the studio because of those busts that Tommy. So here's the deal. I think that it was a negative correlation because her husband loves Stephen King and you know, the shining movie, Jack Nicholson, when he busts through the Mm. face, the bus his face through, they make these busts that are i mean fairly large like i have it do you would you like to see it wait yeah okay oh, please love hold it. on i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to get up for a second okay. but i'll show you what wait. they are and then okay. i'll also show you what tommy did to try and um make heather not as scared of nice friend. one second i'll grab them. 
Okay. Okay. Well, whenever I would walk into the studio, because her studio opens to the backyard. So when we're hanging out, I have to walk through there and there's a bathroom in there. So if we're hanging out outside, that's the bathroom I have to use. And if Tommy's not in there working and it's all dark and you walk around the corner and there's not one, but two of these fucking things that she's about to show you, they're bookends. They're okay. bookends slash they're cursed <laughs> objects in my okay. this So there's two of them. Yes. So here's what. Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, thank you. Okay, before oh, thank Fritz you. was saying it, I was like, oh, I think I would want one of these things. That is Ew. That is it, What's funny is I've never found them scary for some reason. The way the lighting hits it, too, is so disturbing. <laughs> Stop putting it so close. Ew. Okay, so this is what, without me even knowing he did this, one day I walked in and... Both both of the bookends have very similar things to this on them. Also, I thought they would have I thought they would have the side. Like I thought there would be like a little bit of yeah, the side so you see him peeking. But it's it's just head. <laughs> That's the unnerving part. Well now, what about this though? Still scary? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Still like, like maybe more terrifying. <laughs> So Tommy, <laughs> this man has been. He ordered masks to put over them. One, one has just a smile on it, and this one has like a kitty nose, and then ridiculous sunglasses to go over the eyes. But Heather saw it, and much to our dismay, she wasn't like, "Oh my gosh, that's so sweet." She was more scared and <laughs> didn't like it. I'm just picturing walking into that room in the dark. <laughs> And seeing that and ha- like my heart just dropping. That's what happened? Also, yes. There's something about the sunglasses which makes my brain think that the eyes are potentially moving behind the glasses. So it kind of feels like they're now going to start looking at you. And they do, I will say, they're shifty. They're sh- like, yeah. Oh, they are shifty. They follow you. They follow you. But I also low key really want to like create a version of like mine and Corinne's faces like that oh yeah oh, you should. <laughs> no, thank you. you totally should you know no because you know what that's gonna do to me it's gonna it's gonna hurt me because i look exactly like my dad and so if you take my hair off and just leave the, <laughs> the bulbous head i'm not i'm not into that Mine, if I put a fake mustache on, I look like my dad, like to the point that I did it as like a bit for a sketch once and I was went up to like my Paris and he was like, oh, no, <laughs> it's okay. It's too much. Like, oh, give me a kiss. He was like, yeah, I, see, I never met your dad. I saw pictures though. And oh man, it was just like him. I was like, give us a kiss. When I had um, my first daughter, uh, when she was born, she looked exactly like my father-in-law like i mean it was ridiculous and breastfeeding was bizarre it was it was a challenge (laughs) he just looked down and i was like george what is this (laughs) baby's hungry george on my teeth you're like half asleep one night and looking down it was it was like I was like, "Hey, Mama, turn on to Molly Crew." That is my father-in-law. He loves Molly Crew. He <laughs> he's he's great though. If if anybody, if it's got to be anybody, it shouldn't have been my father-in-law. But if it's going to have to be, that's okay. There's a person on TikTok that has a list, an ongoing list of all of the reasons to never have kids, and I feel like if they heard this story, that that's should be one. Yeah. Like, if, 
You could Maybe add that. Could look like might. It could look <laughs> like your father-in-law. You're you breastfeeding your father-in-law for a couple months. <laughs> Mini version. But we, we have to shout out your father-in-law, Christy George Brown, because he is the reason why we have our Freaky Friday segment because he was at a dinner. We were at a dinner before the uh, Tool concert, actually. And he was saying, oh, yeah. like, And he was sharing with us this incident he had by that he saw his grandfather after his grandfather passed away. And we were very riveted. And we're like, can you write that into us and we can read it on the air? So he was like the genesis of our uh he said y'all should have people write him in and we we're like oh, we could call it freaky friday and release it on friday yeah he has several ghost stories wow, wow. Yeah, yeah he's amazing yeah christy to go back to your um pencil thing what do you think of the Mandela effect? We've done an episode on the Mandela effect and it is always interesting. Yeah. to It's crazy what our brains remember and what it doesn't. And then like the gaps things fill in, like you said, Heather, your brain just kind of filled in while she was probably running to her husband because you knew that story. So my, I don't know what my brain really filled in was happening. I couldn't explain it, but what would you think? Um, Based on the Mandela effect, is that what you kind of think when you hear that story? Yeah. I mean, I I very much believe that there's so much more to time than we understand. Like things are happening all at once. And it's very possible. If if the universe is infinite, it's so possible to me that there are like alternate timelines. Yeah. No, I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. We don't know what's in a black hole. Like, I don't know if you've seen Oppenheimer, but like just the idea of quantum physics and how so much of it is like hypothesis Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. it's constantly changing and we're constantly learning about it and we're so limited. I mean, I can go on and on about how little we know, but I just believe that, yeah, we could glitch and jump and we don't even know what's happening. It's because it's in such small ways. And it's, uh, I always think even the stuff we do know is all, just human knowledge, you know, I mean, like we, it's, we know what we, what we know, like our knowledge is, you know, finite. We can, yeah, we can learn new stuff, but it's still, it's all stuff we make up and decide as humans. And it's within our lens. Exactly. Like I always think about how there are colors that we cannot see that plants communicate, that they scream at each other, but they communicate on a frequency that we as humans cannot hear. So it's like, we don't, we don't have access to so much. Yeah. That's the tagline. We don't know. No. Yeah. We think we know, but we have no no idea. idea. During uh, all the research we've been doing for our tour show, the full moon energy, I never really thought about this, but it makes sense. But the universe and planets all are constantly making noises. We just don't hear it. So when you think of that, like there's all sorts of stuff that we don't hear. And if we could like what, I mean, we'd probably be driven mad, but like what that would sound like, but like, yeah, there's some things that we just can't see that others, others might be able to and colors and stuff. So it is like you said, through our lens. So I think that, I, I, while I say I'm a skeptic, I also know enough to know that I don't know anything. So there's a good chance that I'm wrong about everything. Yeah. You're just quicker to try to debunk something. 
You yeah. guys are the two I'm opposite yes. ends of the spectrum. <laughs> we do, yes. <laughs> but it's cool. I think that's why we met up when we were in Raleigh doing covering the case we did when we did our Raleigh show. We met up with a group called the Ghost Guild, and we really like them. We're about to do another, hopefully, ghost adventure with them. And we love them because they are believers but come at it from a skeptical scientific lens. And I think that's when you have the most uh, effective research, like paranormal research, where it's not, oh, my gosh, you know, that it, it has to be that. So so vetting it and going, okay, well, we established it wasn't this and it wasn't this and it wasn't this. Therefore, it is an anomalous event that we can call it an anomalous event. So I love uh, whenever I'm just like, someone stole my emblem. It's like, let's just go down. And and a lot of times when we yeah. have these situations of like, okay, well, how do we explain what happened in my, you know, the bedroom when I was in high school, hanging out with my high school boyfriend? <laughs> a lot of ways, in fact. But that specific incident, uh, you know, going through it of like, oh, could it be this? Could it be that? Could it the whole family be on a, in on it? Maybe, but if not, Could the whole then... family be drugging themselves. <laughs> yeah, they're all like they're water sources. Yeah, you know that's a that's oh, awesome. Yeah. I got carbon monoxided when I was in college, and it was so scary. Get a CO two detector, you guys. It was so dangerous. But I mean, I was like hallucinating. My that my college boyfriend had to come and get me and like take me outside, and I was like, what? But stuff like that, where I don't necessarily go, oh, a thousand percent that was a ghost. It's just an anomalous, strange event that we had. But I think because. I love on the show that we have Christy to say, no, let, let's walk through these things in Occam's razor. Cause I think it helps ground us and, uh, and see all the weird anomalies that we do. And still seeing. trying to see a full on ghost though. <laughs> well, if I ever die before you, Christy, I oh, will come and haunt you. you. I promise. Thank you so thank much. You. That, <laughs> is, so that is my promise you. to you. <laughs> Wait, we didn't even talk about the haunting the weird audio thing that happened when we were on oh, your face. Let's talk about that. We're all just moving past it. So much happens to us that we basically yeah. forget. <laughs> you just see yeah. a huge thing. Well, my best Whatever. friend is a skeptic and my husband is a skeptic. Like he's kind of like Christy of like, oh, it's probably this, you know, just not, you know, finding a regular reason for it, a, a normal answer. But when he was editing the video for this, he kind of gets in the production process. When we do our Freaky Friday, he kind of gets the video and runs with it because it takes longer. And as he was listening, he's like, can you come in here? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, put your headphones on. And then I put it on. And then as you were telling a story, Sabrina, a sound sounded like a weird bell told. And and then Paris goes, Corinne noticed. I could see it because, you know, he yeah. gets all four video feeds. <laughs> yeah. So he like saw your face, Corinne. Well, because it happened. I was watching Sabrina and then the sound happened. And then you see me like look at each of you waiting for one of you to say something. And you didn't so i was like maybe it was a noise outside here that i heard and then i was i was going to bring it up but i didn't want to freak sabrina out in the moment as she was telling the story and interrupt it so i was like i'll bring it up at the end but then of course <laughs> See? just we like got the fresno nightcrawler heather yeah didn't want to freak you out we don't want to freak you guys out <laughs> i did not hear it at the time but i heard it listening back yeah which mm -hmm. that surprises so me yeah, on my so side on, yeah it was on your side right it was on sabrina's side it was in Sabrina's mic audio. That's it was Sabrina's so mic audio. Which it, yeah. it shocks me that you didn't hear it live because it was That's so Paris loud. <laughs> it was the same volume that you hear it in the playback in my headphones. So wow. it was yeah. interrupting Sabrina. Like I, I couldn't tell you the words she was saying there because I was hearing this. To me, it almost sounded like a train whistle or something. It did oh, sound. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But there, I was in... Brentwood, Los Angeles, which there's no train near there where I was. I was in like a neighborhood, which yeah, like 
I'm in a city, so there's, you know, lots of things it could have been, but the timing of it and the fact that the microphone picked it up. So strange. That's eerie, man. That's why y'all are the most haunted podcast. (laughs) Well, and all of us (laughs) who have haunted podcasts, I feel like we, we just, our excitement and our intrigue with the topics. And then when you combine all the people who listen to podcasts like this, we talk all the time about how we feel like it's creating this sort of energy orb around us where more stuff is happening because we're talking about it and because people are listening to it and because people are thinking about the, our podcast, your podcast. And so EVPs tend to happen more because we have, I guess, more listeners from the other realm now. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. Or we're just feeding yeah. tons of energy, yeah. both like physical energy and yeah. emotional and spiritual energy. And what we were talking about earlier, we don't know what we don't know. So who's to say what that, you know, cause people say, Oh, the power of prayer or the power of this or manifestation and the idea of shaping reality with your consciousness. And that's, that's a good, a good point though. If like, if we're all thinking about it and feeding energy to it, does that then have some sort of a real, real world impact? I don't know. Should we start saying that we have like millions and millions of listeners per episode, just most of them are dead? I mean, yeah, it exactly. can't be not proven. So, exactly. you know, how I'm do we sell hot. that to the advertisers? <laughs> what are they consuming? Like, what's your demographic? Yeah, what You're like, what's share? the age? Well, eternal. Because eternal. They're, they're <laughs> on the other side. 66% Assume. eternal. 66.6. <laughs> we just got to get them ghost debit cards and then yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Taking yeah. over the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Much. Thank you so much yeah. for having us. Yeah. This is super fun. And I hope that my bookends don't haunt your dreams. Um, <laughs> like they have Heather's. <laughs> Honestly, they seem like they're haunting yours. You're the one that has so many. A horrifying nightmares. They very well could be the cause. Honestly, maybe that's what's going on. <laughs> Everyone made fun of me for being a big scaredy cat. It turns out the Jack Nicholson heads cursed trials. <laughs> <laughs> the dreams have gotten more s- severe since moving here. So perhaps that's there's and that we got these at Christmas and hadn't put them out. So maybe it's all in the bookends. It's all connected. Interest. Just put those sunglasses on them. They're goofy. Stop it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, where can people find you? Do you have anything exciting coming up in the spooky season that people should look out for? Well, this spooky season, we're going to be at Obsessed Fest in Dallas. So check that out. October 20th through the 22nd. I think you all will be in Dallas at that same time. So we'll probably check your show out as well that evening. Uh, we're going to head out back out on tour later in 2024, wrapping up our, our summer tour in the middle week of August here in Detroit, Columbus and Pittsburgh. But other than that, go to sinisterhood.com and find us on all your podcast platforms at sinisterhood pod on pretty much all the social media networks. And, uh, yeah, if you want to see the, the video of you all and the, the, the chime in your ear, go to our YouTube page and check out the two girls, one ghost freaky Friday episode to watch it happen in real time and watch Corinne be the only one to react to it because none of us <laughs> heard it at the time. We were just oblivious. <laughs> I kept my cool. It was only shifty eyes. You did. Yeah. You're like the Jack Nicholson. Is like, you're just, it's all in the eyes. And he's like, she heard. I go, how do you know she heard? He's like, you yeah. can see it. well thank you all so much you're always so much fun to talk to so thanks for having us yeah you too appreciate it thank Thank you. you bye okay shall i go yes also i love that we're both wearing the 
our tour merch i had on the sweatshirt earlier but i keep going from like hot to cold and i'm currently in like the sweating my ass off phase of the illness hour but i do like that every layer every layer is the conjuring yes we should get underwear that have like you know how they have like the day of the week we should get a jock strap oh for your jock that you have yeah exactly i'm gonna put all the gifts people give us in the jock and that's gonna, how I'm going to carry it through TSA. Because I was already getting flagged from all the crystals people were giving us. So may as well make it a little more interesting for TSA. <laughs> and a little more uncomfortable for yourself. <laughs> I, You know how I know you're sick? You texted me the other day, yesterday, and you were like, you should do commercial modeling. And I was like, one, this came out of nowhere. I stand by this. That's not a sick thought. That was just me having enough time with myself. And then you also didn't respond. Because I was sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) Sick brain. No, I do think you should model, Sabrina. I was, I got an Instagram ad from Yellow the Label and I was like, this girl looks like Sabrina. She dresses like Sabrina. Sabrina could so easily do this. Sabrina, you should be a commercial model. I do like Yellow the Label. I'd rather just like get clothes from people. (laughs) Okay. I have a story from our listener, Jules, and it is called Ouija Board Stories from My Sinkhole House. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. I'm a super new listener, and I found the pod from your collab with Celebrity Memoir Book Club. Excellent marketing, because now I'm obsessed with your pod and have been quickly binging everything you guys have. Considering your interest in Ouija boards, I had to share the experiences I had growing up playing with a Ouija board. I played with my sister and our neighbor friends, which I always reference as proof that ghosts are real. It was the summer before seventh grade. We were bored kids in the hot central Florida summer. And somehow we got uh, the idea into our heads to do a Ouija board. We didn't have access to one, but like the scrappy tweens we were, we made our own using cardboard, Sharpie, and a shot glass as a planchette. Despite the DIY of it all, this thing worked on multiple occasions and with multiple people. We even got a lot of it on tape, but I've lost touch with a friend who was doing the filming, so I have no idea where that footage is now or if it still exists. But to this day, I still cannot explain all of the things that happened. We had a mix of skeptics and believers in the room, so we put the Ouija board to the test often to try and debunk it. The first test was always switching up who was touching the planchette, so we wouldn't have one prankster in the group always at the wheel. I touched it myself on multiple occasions, and the feeling of it moving beneath my fingers on its own is an indescribable feeling. I also love how much effort they put into potentially debunking it and ensuring that what they experience is genuine. That's really smart. Everyone taking turns. Once, it was just me and a friend from school. I vaguely remember printing out some kind of protection prayer to speak before we started doing that session. We talked to two spirits that session. One was a little girl who said she had drowned in the creek in my backyard. And the other was an older man who was a veteran or had died in war. I think he said his name was Richard. I don't remember all the details, which to me is further evidence that I wasn't making it up. And my friend was so scared that she never came back to my house. So I doubt that she was doing it either. Another time, it was me, my sister, and our friend with the video camera. We asked the ghost, if you're here with us, show up in this photo. We took a photo of our friend with our old 2000s digital camera and a giant orb was 
in the photo right next to his face. Oh my God. During that same session, we hid a pencil behind our backs and asked the ghost, if you are here in this room with us, which hand is the pencil in? We all did this and the ghost got it right every time. By this point, we were talking about the Ouija board constantly and invited all the neighborhood kids over to come see its ghostly magic. Once again, we asked, if you're here with us, give us a sign. Suddenly, one of the kids got a call on his flip phone, an unknown number. He picked it up and it was pure static. Oh my God. We all start absolutely losing it and pull it together to ask the Ouija board who was on the phone. The planchette slides to the alphabet landing on letters P and J. Mustering courage, we call the number back. It rings and rings until we get the voicemail, which called out, Hey, you've reached PJ. The kid who had the phone ran out of the house. Oh my God, I would do. What the hell? So wild. We were sufficiently freaked out about this and got more and more paranoid that we'd be haunted, that a spirit would attach to us since we opened the door to them and blah, blah, blah. So one night, we decided to burn our makeshift Ouija board and never look back. However, I don't actually have any memory of burning the board. My best guess is that we asked my dad to help us burn the thing and he considered it a little bit dramatic and just threw it in the trash instead. And you're probably wondering if we got any hauntings in the house in or in our lives after that. And I'm sorry, but also happy to report that my sister and I have had no major hauntings. However, I was an absolutely terrified kid with really nothing to be terrified of. Despite all the good things in my life, I never slept through the night and often ran through the house past our scary wall of sliding glass doors that had no shades and into my parents' room to sleep on their floor. I always felt like someone was watching me and I never wanted to stay home alone. I would never be alone in a dark room. If I had to turn the lights off in the living room, I would run ahead and turn the light on in the hall, then run back to turn the light off in the first room. I did that too growing up. <laughs> Once I moved out and went off to college, all of that stopped. So I do wonder if I was sensing something that I refused to interact with because I was so scared and wanted to block it out. Also, potentially connected, the house went on to have major foundation problems. We know this because my dad is a geologist and it was showing all the telltale signs of a house sinking. Giant cracks began to splinter through the walls, windows stopped opening and shutting, and eventually our glass doors began to shatter because the foundation was closing in around them. Why are they still in there as this is happening? That seems like it would have been condemned by now. Well... My dad did a lot of tests and concluded that there was a sinkhole in our backyard. Uh, my hometown, Lakeland, Florida, is known for huge sinkholes that have swallowed up whole lakes. Sadly, we weren't able to prove it through insurance, and my parents had to move out of our beloved, although maybe haunted and definitely sinking home. Although I do count myself grateful that I was never haunted or swallowed into a sinkhole. But now I can't help but wonder if perhaps the house was a bit cursed. Thanks for reading. I'll see you on the other side, Jules. Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like out of everything that happened, the two things that stand out to me as being the scariest things of them all is one, the house is sinking and you live in it and potentially could just die at any second. And then the other thing is like not remembering getting rid of the Ouija board, like being like, I think we burned it, but like, why is it a question mark? Yeah, I mean, maybe that moment was like the not in in relation to all of the things that happened with the Ouija board that was the least memorable, which is good 
Have you watched Talk to Me yet? That movie? No, have you? I just watched it yesterday. Yeah, my brother got it on Amazon Prime and just like sent me <gasps> the info to watch it. TFTI. <laughs> it is. It's so, I mean, Griff was talking about this when we were chatting with him and Kiera. And it is really good. It's very, it's very different. It's not like what a lot of other scary movies are about. But basically, the beginning of this story reminded me so much of it because in Talk to Me, there's essentially this hand and it's like rumored to be a petrified hand of a psychic. And all the kids come together and have parties and whoever reaches out their hand and holds the hand of this thing, they say, talk to me. And then a spirit appears holding their hand and they say, I let you in. And then they get possessed. Oh my gosh, I want to watch this. It's so good. And the ending was like, I was like, Psh. the ending, I haven't enjoyed an ending as much as I enjoyed this ending. Then when I watched, oh, it also feels very much like it follows a bit. And then also um, a skeleton key. I love the end. I love when the endings are not what you think they're going to be. And that is what I felt about this. Yeah. But this is what it reminded me of. It was like, everyone's talking about the Ouija board. Everyone's coming over. All the kids are gathering around the Ouija board and you just become obsessed with this thing until maybe it's a little too late. But luckily for this person, it sounds like they didn't they got experience. Out. Yeah, they got out. There was nothing terrible. I mean, it was definitely a powerful spirit, but it didn't seem like it was negative. I mean, it just seemed like it was having fun interacting with the kids. Yeah. I love that it was like the neighborhood legend. Have you been to Jewel's house yet and played with the Ouija board? And then JP, the call. This is JP. This is JP. So freaky. So wild. <sighs> what do okay, you have? I... I have an email for us. Unfortunately, I picked one that's a little bit long while I'm sick, but I'm going to I'm going to do my best. This was sent from Z and it's called Living in a Mortuary for 2 Years. Oh, how fun. During 2018, I had moved from Oklahoma and I was moving to the Rockies to be with my long-distance boyfriend and we were having some trouble finding a steady place to stay. When he had told me that he found a massive house for us to live in, I was skeptical considering our budget wasn't the highest. What was even more fishy was the fact that he said it was free. <laughs> I asked him, of course, what in the world would make such a place free to live in? And he responded with, well, we would have a job looking over the place. Instead of payment, they will let us live in a renovated part of a mortuary. It's like the shining. It is. <laughs> I'll have to drive a hearse and deliver bodies to the medical examiners while you stay back and simply clean up after the funerals. Me, being gothic AF, thought it wasn't too bad of a gig. This mortuary was in the center of a massive graveyard after all. What could go wrong? So half of this massive building was a mortuary built in the 40s full of a viewing full with a viewing area, pews, and a massive piano. The other half of the two-story house, though, the basement was renovated from a morgue, a crematorium, dressing area, and an embalming room. The top story was where the viewing room used to be. Things started going horribly awry. Sorry, I'm just laughing at my own voice. It sounds so bad. <laughs> Things started going horribly awry soon after we moved in. Me being an empath, I could feel the angry spirits. It started with cupboards opening and closing themselves as they pleased. Then it went on to our radios turning on 
all to the same channel, all at once, the classical radio station. It didn't even matter what time of day it was. Sometimes when I was in the bathroom where they would wash the bodies, just doing my makeup, I could hear children laughing clear as day right behind me and then small fast footsteps running out of the bathroom and into the dining area. Eek. During the night, the doorknob to our bedroom door would wiggle and you could see a shadow of a small of small feet under the door. Often during the mornings, the spirits would play and as I was taking a drink from a cup, they would tip the cup, causing my drink to spill all over me. <laughs> Rude. Okay. Sooner rather than later, I realized the majority of the entities I was dealing with were children trying to have fun and cause a little bit of mayhem. I'd leave electric toys out for them to play with, and anytime one would move on its own or speak on its own, I'd just say, at least they ain't messing with me, let them have their fun. That's, I mean, it does feel like they're they're going to be there regardless. Right. Yeah. May as well give them some things to entertain. Yeah. I want to see photos of this place. I know. It sounds so cool. It kind of reminds me of the Sleepy Hollow Cemetery a little bit. There were a few exceptions to the child spirits. There was an older man with a cane, and me and my then boyfriend would listen to Frank Sinatra on the record album pretty much Every time we did, you could hear the tapping of a cane coming slowly into the living room where me and him would dance. Soon after the tapping, the volume would just shoot all ah! the way up. What? What happened? As I was saying, the volume was shooting all the way up and then he started screaming. It like my weirdly, my headphones disconnected from the computer and started playing like rap music, which... I have no idea how because I don't listen to rap. Yeah, you don't listen to rap. No. What in the world? And it was so loud. That's okay. so scary. But you're back. We're back. We're good. Hi. Okay. I wish it was Frank Sinatra because then that would have been. <sighs> that would have been crazy. My, <laughs> my, my ghost is like, screw Frank Sinatra. I want rap. <laughs> Put on Travis Scott. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then there was a spirit I called the Juggernaut. He was a very tall spirit, his height nearly reaching the ceiling. He wore a black five-gallon top hat, and he slouched a bit. He was very skinny, very lengthy, and he wore a black suit with a white undershirt and a black bow tie. His face looked decomposed, and his mouth was unhinged. His arms were so long that his hands drug on the floor. Oh my god! His fingers were so long as well. I mean, very long, about six to seven inches. Oh, I don't like this. I know. This male spirit was protective of women. Anytime I had female company and they chose to bring their boyfriends, anytime those boyfriends disrespected them in any way, you could visibly see red welts form on their necks as they began to choke so terribly they couldn't breathe. What? I told them all they needed to do was step off the property. The second that they stepped foot off the property, the welts vanished and the choking stopped. My boyfriend at the time experienced a lot of this. Why is he being mean to you? Yeah. I saw the juggernaut only once in full form as I was cleaning the viewing area one night alone. At this point, I had grown used to the supernatural activity and treated the spirits as guests, leaving toys for the children, written notes, and poetry for the more adult spirits That's to read. That's so sweet. I know. Z. And, <laughs> and of course, I played a lot of music that the spirits enjoyed on the radio. It was strange and symbiotic. Oh. After two years of living here, 
All things went belly up when my ex had broken a promise to me in the home. Not only was he being choked nearly every night around 3 a.m., but one fateful night during a full moon, he had become fully possessed. Casual? What? Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) We had just been watching TV. He was sitting on the couch. He wasn't the abuse type. He was actually gentle and sweet most of the time. So you could imagine my surprise when all of a sudden he begins laughing and growling at the same time. I looked up at him and his brow was furrowed as if he was deeply angry with me. And he was smiling from ear to ear, baring his teeth. He couldn't move at all. He didn't say anything at all. He looked as if he was going to kill me violently. Ha <gasps> ha. For 20 minutes, I struggled to get him to come back as he was just sitting there, smiling, staring at me. Oh, my God. I feel like my voice makes it sound scarier, too, it, as I'm reading the whole, <laughs> the whole thing. It's almost like you've been strangled by this dark spirit, and now you're telling your tale. His eyes followed me wherever I went. At the end of the very first possession, I asked, who are you? And he said a name I still refuse to speak out loud to this day. A spirit that had been haunting me for seven years. Ben. There were three total possessions before we decided to split ways and move out of the house. There had been a baseball in the basement. And I'd go down there during the night, no lights on, and roll this baseball into the concrete hallway that was used to transport bodies to the crematorium. The ball would always roll back. I kept that ball to remind me of the good spirits and weirdly fun times I had connecting with the dead. I still think about those spirits, how odd it was that I felt a friendly attachment to them. (sighs) If you'd like to hear about the origins of Ben, or how he became attached to me seven years prior to this, in the old hearth of a sacred burial ground, just give me a shout. With care, Z. Z, I'm shouting at you, my God. (laughs) Shout, 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 Z. Hi, what? We're screaming, we're shouting. Also, Z, what the is with you just being like oh let me just in the middle of the night go roll a ball into the corner and see what rolls it back that is the scariest thing i could ever imagine never would i do that i don't even know how to address this i feel like okay z we need you to read or send us your story about ben and then i think we need to reread both stories back to back i agree because there's so much that's happening and it almost feels like it feels like this spirit, the juggernaut spirit that was protective of women, it almost feels like not necessarily protective of women, but almost like possessive of women, which is why he it was so violent to all the men. Because if Z's partner kept waking up being strangled at 3 a.m., that's... that's uh... Right. And we don't know anything like, is this that people were genuinely being rude or aggressive or mean to these women or... Did this spirit have zero tolerance for like any mimicry, any fun, any poking and prodding? You know, like when you're with a group of friends and there's no matter. Yeah, there's a lot of teasing. And so I wonder, it's weird that you had to be like, I'm just curious what what was considered bad and what was considered good for this or like possible, possible behavior for this juggernaut. Passable. Passable. I don't know. I have so many questions. First the first and more immediate, well, two first and immediate, uh, what the frick happened with Ben? And can we get photos of this morgue? Because it sounds so cool, but scary. And also, did you ever capture anything 
Like, I'm so curious, like, did you use a Ouija board? Did you capture anything in, on camera? Like, you clearly experienced a lot with the balls rolling back and forth, the toys going on and off. So I'm so curious if you have, if it was very much like Just a, tell us everything. Yeah. You owe Let's, us 17 more emails. Yeah, or a really, really long one and send it to us ASAP. I'm going to email her back right now. Z? Z. I also I love that Z was like Z's boyfriend was like okay well we're we're moving in here there's a crematorium there's morgue there's all these spooky things but it's free and Z's like I guess okay and then Z's the one like communing with the spirits the whole time I'm well it sounds like Z's no stranger to communicating with spirits yeah true okay well that was a great episode thank you for sharing those stories with us Corinne Christy and Heather um <laughs> We love you all and we will see you on the road. If you were going to the Phoenix, Las Vegas, Denver, or Salt Lake City shows, they are rescheduled. Everything is up on our website. Ticket links are updated. Um, if you have any questions, look there first. Or, and if you have more questions, you can reach out. But if you have ghost stories, please send them to us at two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And if you're going to send us a cliffhanger, you better be quickly following up with that next email because we want yeah, it. Don't ask if we want it. Just we assume do. we do. We absolutely do. Okay. We love you all. And we will see you, see you on, on the, the other, other side. side.